0: Go feel me now gonna feel me, now. Uh, gonna feel me podcast, uh, episode yeah. one is season two i'm slim uh, your host i got my man lying in here yeah. be on the ones and two and i have miss raven up and coming artist slash college student slash activist slash young lady Slash next president. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Raven.
1: So I'm Raven. I am from New Orleans. I go to Tulane. I'm a third year student. And I rap. And my stage name is Ray Sav. Sav short for Savage.
0: Oh, she feisted it too. <laughs>
1: I'm just sleepy. You <laughs>
0: You, you done recorded your little LP and now you just gone off over there. <laughs> I see you with the wrong words you was rapping about. Man, whatever. I'm gonna tell your ain't though.
1: Tell her, it's
0: <laughs> you too young to be talking about that. What you was too
1: young. About. I just can't stand it because if I was a boy, y'all wouldn't be saying nothing. That's just some sexist right there. But you
0: rapping, we pulled up, we pulled to be like, you ain't pulled to be saying that. Shit.
1: Why, because I'm a girl, because I have a so i'm not no, supposed to no because you're part of the
0: family and we don't appreciate that
1: okay whatever opinions opinions tomato tomato whatever
0: tomato tomato huh mm-hmm. we we thought you'd be more conscious fight the power
1: <laughs> i'm all of those things i can't be all of those things in one why y'all keep trying to box women stop it we're
0: not boxing women we boxing <laughs> you you waving
1: man listen i can be all of those things and i still am all of those things
0: so you're a third-year student at Tulane University, mm-hmm. the Green Wave, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Graduate of what high school?
1: Benjamin Franklin.
0: Benjamin Franklin High, interesting. Congratulations, <laughs> you're one of the, the few that finished over there. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a rigorous school. It's a what? Rigorous?
0: Mm. You liked it? <laughs> I had to get you to that two times. Rigorous. But you liked it, was you there four years?
1: Yeah, I liked it. I still have a lot of friends from there. Um, I still, if I called any of the people that I graduated with, they would um, help me out. So yeah, I'm really grateful for my class.
0: Y'all are the alumni, huh? y'all stick together over there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. And what brought you to Tulane? What made you decide I'm going to Tulane?
1: Um, Tul- Tulane was actually the only school that I applied to in Louisiana because I was so set on leaving, cause because I'm from here. But um, the and the reason why I ended up going to Tulane is because I got a full ride, and no other schools gave me a full ride other than Tulane. So I was like, I didn't want any student loans, so I just took that opportunity.
0: So you got a full ride at Tulane? You ain't ind- you ain't got to buy no books or nothing?
1: No, I still got to buy my books. Oh. <laughs> they don't give nobody that. Um, but yeah.
0: That's not bad. That's great. Yeah. So, two nine student. and what made you want to be this non-conscious rapper? Yeah, I said nine. <laughs> yeah, I said nine.
1: Uh, what made me want to be a rapper? Well, I've always written poetry. I was always into performing. Like, I did musical theater throughout high school. Um, I love being on stage and I've always written. Um, um, used to write songs for um, the place that we used to dance. So always be into music my entire life. So I decided that I wanted to start rapping now and write for myself and for what I'm feeling and my emotions and my friends and who I represent. So yeah.
0: And how long you been doing that?
1: How long I've been rapping?
0: Yeah.
1: I've been rapping for like a month, <laughs> like in the studio. But I've been rapping like I've been writing songs for since I was like 15. So it's been some time, about four or five years.
0: 15, 16. Probably about 20.
1: Yeah. uh, You good at math. (laughs) So
0: were you writing these raw raps when you were 15?
1: No. When I was 15, I was really into breakup songs, um, love songs, stuff like that. You
0: were 15.
1: Yeah, I know, but okay. You always you know, when you're fifteen and sixteen, you have your first love, you know, people are going to prom, like you worried about a prom At 15? date. Yes, you go to prom, you go to um well I went to prom. I was a sophomore. I went to somebody else's prom. But yeah. You worried about prom, you worried about homecoming, you want a date, you know, you want <laughs> you wanna to go to the football games, like stuff like that. You know, high school. What you was doing in high school? Something, something wild. Yeah okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we went to prime and all that, but I tried to get over it, make some money, <laughs> bag some up.
1: Mm-mm.
0: You know, my you know my high school years look different from your high school. See, you're a 2010ish. You know, I'm like.
1: What I was born in 2000. Right, so your <laughs> high
0: school years was what.
1: Two
0: thousand and
1: fourteen. or fourteen to what? Yeah, to eighteen.
0: Right. That's the tennis. That's the tens. Yeah. You know, so yeah, y'all different. You know? We was wild. We was, you know, we was a little mis misguided. But I turned out all right. Yeah. You know, and land on them before me, I don't, they was on some wow, wow, wow.
1: So what? Don't be judging me for my raunchy lyrics thing, because that's what the girls want to hear. That's what
0: the <laughs> girls want. But then you yes. need to hear that positivity.
1: I am positive. You know, when like, you when you rap, so picture it like when I'm rapping about myself, like, oh, like, I'm cute. Like, I'm this, I'm that. I can have any guy I want. Duh, duh, duh. Other girls are rapping that. So it's like they become whoever the artist is. And that's just like a re. Reaffirmation Like you know Confirmation that they are Like You know That woman Or that bitch Or like whatever Like you know It's a confidence thing So I want to make Other women feel confident In how I feel confident When I rap
0: Sister Peggy Don't get you
1: Yeah I'll hear about it At Thanksgiving Or Christmas Or something like that I don't know
0: (laughs) Tell me a little bit About your activism
1: So Um I'm the president Of the Black Student Union At Tulane University Um and we do a lot of things around activism and trying to uplift black voices on campus because Tulane is a predominantly white institution. It's about 70% white and 30 everybody else. So, like, indigenous, Native American, Asian, all of that, we all are only, make up only 30%. And that's across, like, all, like, medical school, law school, like, other than undergrad, like, Tulane University programs, period. And it's 70% white. And then... For black people, we are like we range from like ten to thirteen percent every year. Kind of goes up and down. Um, 9% but it's
0: of y'all football and basketball.
1: Yeah, about ninety percent of the black male population at Tulane are on athletic scholarships. So only ten percent are there for academics, which is really sad. So that just means Tulane only recruiting black bodies just to do athletes and like athletic. Um things and not for their academics which I think is sad and they're missing a really big opportunity being that New Orleans is predominantly black and there's a lot of black boys out here that do want that college education and they have the money to provide the scholarships they just consciously make the choice not to wow
2: so so who so how do you fight that? what do you do with the being the president of this this black what is it?
1: Black Student Union.
2: The Black Student Union. How do you... Do you talk to them about enrollment? Do you...
1: Mm hmm We try to meet with them, um, my e-board and other general body members, like members that are part of BSU. We're kind of all over the campus. We have members um, that work in the admissions office. We have members that work under, like, the president's office, and we just try to advise them to be thinking about these populations, you know, like they don't I don't part of it is like a conscious choice, but the other part of it is just ignorance. Like if you on Tulane's campus and you walk around like it just it just looks like money, it just looks like white people. Like it don't look like the rest of the city. So they just get caught up in their little bubble. Not a lot of students and a lot of faculty and teachers are not even from the city. A mm. lot of them like are from out of town, so they don't know They can't
2: even relate to the real issues.
1: Right. And they definitely don't know nothing about the culture or, like, the slang, the people, how we talk, stuff like that. Like, they don't know. They don't—they literally just don't know. Like, I remember my first year when I moved on to campus, my floor mate told me that I was the first black person that she was ever, like, went to school with. Wow. And I was just like, you (laughs) know— Wow. You know, but, you know, I couldn't blame her. I don't know why her mom or her whoever would decide to put their child in such a exclusive school her entire life, but um, you know, that's it. They so just be in their bubble. How
2: um, as far as your your, your black union, right? Your, mm-hmm. your student union. How many of the uh, students are are from New Orleans or are they, like, from out of town and and you don't see them until they come back after break? Mm
1: -hmm. It's mostly like that. A lot of students, a lot of black students are not even from New Orleans. There's, like, like maybe a handful of us in every class. Um, A lot of students either are, like, on scholarships like mine or um, they – their parents might work there, but that's really not a lot. Like, people think when they see a black person, they're from New Orleans, but most likely they're from California or New right. York. Like, and so how do, they,
2: how do they feel about the culture, the, the <laughs> black people that, that's here that's not from here that decided to get involved with the culture and the the shock of how deep racism is here in this city?
1: They really, like it kind of fluctuates because it's like on one end some of them blend in pretty well yeah. Um. it really it comes down one thing about New Orleans and like racism it's also classism and like whether you rich or poor right. so like True. a lot of the students that are from LA or from New York and they're from like the ghettos or like the projects in LA and New York they more blend with like students like me and the culture here because it's kind of similar to like places in la like the hoods in la and the hoods in new york because you know it's all about family and people and culture and community and stuff like that that's what we all got in common in those three cities but when you look at the black people that are more rich you know on, on the upper side you know it's harder for them to integrate to to this um to this city because they're also used to being in only white schools and being the only person right black person in um the classroom so yeah
2: so with the um, this movement, mm-hmm. how did Tulane embrace it? Did they reach out? Did they say anything? <laughs> did they apologize, or did they say they're going to try and expand enrollment? Did they do anything like that? That quote unquote, everybody is
1: awakened yeah. now. I mean, yes and no. So um, Tulane like. I'm, I'm not going to say Tulane I'm going to say the president The current president of Tulane He is trying to make a term Like a move towards diversity and equity and stuff For poor students and um Person of color students So like black students, light next students and stuff like that but you know like the president is really just the face of any company like you know I don't know like I don't know how much power he actually has you know like he says with like his mouth that he wants to do it and I've met him one-on-one he seems like a cool dude and I think he wants you know for more black students to come here and all of this and all of that. But then when you look at the university and its laws, there's not just him. There's whoever's in his office and the board of trustees and the board of directors and the all of them.
2: and procedures. Yeah.
1: And all these people that I I couldn't even tell you, like, what they look like or if I've seen them before. Because, like, you really don't know who these people look like, look like and who they are. But, um... They're the ones that are making these huge universities' decisions. So they've been trying to, like, move towards being more equal and more equitable on campus. But, um, you know, we're pushing them, though. We just released, uh, under my administration, BSU released um, a list of demands um, for the university to make, especially in this climate. Um, That we're in right now is a country where all these black people dying and stuff and all the rioting and the protests in the streets. It really inspired um, the executive board this year for BSU. And BSU was also created on demands. Like the black students way back in 1968 on Tulane's campus demanded that the university make a black student union. They were. It was named something else back then, but like the same organization, a Black Student Union, that they demand and they wanted to be a recognized org. That was one of the demands that they made all the way back then. So we decided to carry on that position um, to 2020, and we submitted like a 20-25 page document of just things that we want Tulane to, like, to do better.
0: That's good. Yeah, it's documented. Is it is it hard, you know, being a student, doing your extracurricular stuff, and being a head of the um, Black Student Union.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: is it is it like real time consuming? Do you find it difficult to try this? I mean, because I know you're a two-line student, so you have to study. Yeah. You know, and if I remember, I heard you wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I know it's kind of, that's more tedious studying than just saying, oh, I'm going for a general science degree. Yeah. You know, so how do you juggle it?
1: I just try to time manage. I only do something if I love it. If I'm not having a good time or if it's, like, not fun or if people around me are negative, then I don't do it. And just kind of sticking to that, like, do you love it? Is it something that's going to benefit you later on? Just sticking to those two things, like, it's really gotten me out of hot water. A lot of times, like, I've had to tell people, no, like, I can't do this. I had to tell people, yes, I can do this. And not being afraid to tell people no. Because a lot of the time, because I do so much, like, people just expect for me to show up and expect for me to do that. But, you know, nah. Like, I'm, I'm really conscious of my time and my worth and who I give it to now that, like, I'm moving through these things. Especially now. Because since I'm BSU president, like, you know, they owe... Sam says not a lot of black people on campus it's like oh come sit on this committee come sit on this board come do this come do that because now i'm the face of the black student union and then on top of that like i'm a black student and they need diversity numbers and being able to like tell the difference between someone wanting me to sit on committee or a board or something because of my credentials because of my gpa because of my extracurriculars oh, just or a
2: black face in a row.
1: exactly or and wow. they can say that they kiki with the bsu president like wow. you know because there's people like that on campus.
0: And in the world.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: That's interesting. I'm proud of you.
1: Me too. Thanks.
0: Like, for real. There's a lot of people, you know, your age, you know, hate the stereotype, but, you know, they, they're they not trying to pursue after high school education. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they find a job and they're comfortable with it. Because I was there, you know, find a job after high school. Or this, you think this sufficient amount of money in actuality is not and you're just comfortable with it and you live the rest of your life out with it and like you know you're not doing that you're trying to take avenues you got different avenues actually to make different streams of income you're doing different things and that's cool
1: I really just owe it to my mom um, because she really raised this to be all of this like do all of these things like from when i can literally when i can remember i was always in somebody's dance class or a singing class or like i played volleyball all throughout high school i was like she made me like it wasn't a choice and when i started something i had to finish whatever the term was <laughs> like yeah. she did not let me just you know pull me out and be like oh it's okay baby like you don't have to do it if you don't want to like no like uh that yeah, you taught started,
0: me started, you finish
1: yeah and that really taught me dedication into like to keep your word like If you don't want to do it, then make the conscious decision before you start it to not do it, you know, and just be really transparent with people and really clear about what you're not going to do, what you aren't going to do. But once I signed up and was like, yeah, mama want to do it, when she paid her little money for me to be (laughs) sitting in somebody's class, a club or whatever, that was it. So I've always been in something. So, yeah, that's why I am like that, because of my mom.
2: I like it. So let me ask this, the uh, level of consciousness that you have, right? Mm Mm-hmm being educated or getting educated and then um to be involved with the inequalities on Tulane campus Mm -hmm. um how do we feel or how do you feel like we could raise that level of consciousness and not again not to beat that drum of saying the age but with your generation Mm -hmm. um with this movement with this this Black Lives Matter I feel like it's the it's the it's a movement of the youth right so um how do you keep that energy how do you stay there since everyone now has a a heightened level of consciousness um and you've been you've been you know kind of spearheading that on the on the campus Mm -hmm. how do we keep this going
1: people just have to like you know i read this one thing on some social media i don't even know where but it was like you know black lives matter yesterday they're gonna matter today and they're gonna matter tomorrow And we all just have to remember that, like, you know, just it shouldn't take somebody dying for you to be angry, you know, because we've been dying for centuries in this country, you know, Centuries. so it's like you should always be angry or always wanted to do something or like, you know, it can be as simple as. And the crazy part is and one thing I try to tell everybody, like I tell my members this all the time is that it don't have to be something big. Like, it doesn't have to be a protest. It doesn't have to be a 20-page list of demands for what you do to be, you know, good or, like, you know, move the movement or make black lives stay relevant. Like, you know, it's always going to be relevant. But you can literally just write a song, post it on your, you know, your social medias or write a poem, post it. Send your teachers an email if you know one of your teachers races email their boss you know what I'm saying like Everyone it can be just, yeah, it can do be your do your part it don't have to be a large part and a lot of times with people in my generation they feel like if they not the center if they not the face if they not this if they not that then it's not nothing like it's not worth their time then they shouldn't do it and that's just you know unfortunately for my generation just young people in general like there's this thing called like cloud chasing and it's like are you an activist are you trying to is this just a hot topic right now and you're just trying to ride this wave you know
2: well, it'll always be a wave until, until they they settle it, right? Yeah. It's gonna be turbulence, and I just think that now is the time for, for all of us, because it, it's not. It may be a terminology that y'all using about clout. What is it? Clout chasing?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they've been doing that for a minute. It's just it's <laughs> y'all being <laughs> exposed to They didn't change it. the word. Yeah, they flipped it around a little bit, and um, and so yeah, if it's if it's gonna be changed, it's gonna be constant. Right, you have right. to consistently do what we say we're gonna do, right, um, and keep it in their face.
1: Yeah, and yeah. pave it forward. Like there's so many, like you know, we look at Angela Davis and MLK and Malcolm X and all of them, and like you know, idolize them because they do deserve to be idolized. But my thing is that wasn't that long ago. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Like right. I heard Somebody told me if MLK was alive today He would just be 90 something And people look back at the civil rights movement Like that was like forever ago or Something yes. like that So I'm like you know MLK yeah He was one of the faces of the civil rights movement But he had literally hundreds of people Out there with him on the street Like you know what I'm saying Like he couldn't do that on his own And I'm pretty sure he had people in the background Like helping him edit his speeches And you know like there's something There's Everyone always something you could do Yes yeah. you don't just you know get your script Reach apart, play that part, and that part means something. But you just because you're not the face and you're not doing nothing, that is what's gonna kill the movement. And that's what's not gonna like keep it hot. And that's what we need to do. We need to keep pushing the universe. We need to keep pushing like these systems in our country to do better for black people, especially because we built this country literally on our backs. We did.
2: (laughs) We did. Alright,
0: Thank you for yeah, a great podcast. Luck.
2: Great, 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 great. Thank me you, now. Raven, Ray, Sal, Mr. Delano, and Virus, and we cannot uh, forget, cannot forget, Superstar, the host with the most, Brandon. Uh, and in the words
0: of Papa Smurf, you know loves the answer. Who cares what the question is? You go film a podcast, episode twenty, season two.